When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's a it's a belated Victory Tuesday Bears podcast, just because they won on Thursday. Bears undefeated on Thursdays this year. Uh, with me to talk about play all the games. Up. With me to talk about the Bears is uh, actor comedian Mike Pusateri and Mike Presnowski. Guys, how are you? Doing good. Doing well, I... Andy. Gonna 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 get my uh, tickets for Vegas in February. All right, Super Bowl, Super Bears. Are uh, are both Siegfried and Roy? One's not with us. Are they both gone? Are we uh, are we are we hmm. Siegfried and Royless? I feel like we're Siegfriedless. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess I don't know if we're Royless. Because I that that's what I want to see for the halftime show. I want to see the one who's left. <laughs> there you go. Is Roy the one that yeah. got mauled by the tiger? You know, I, I would I did not come prepared on my stick feet and Roy. Right. Yeah, I'm springing inside you at the last moment. Uh, I want to say Siegfried, but you know that's a fifty-fifty guess. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. And Roy is not, to show- is not Willie Roy, who used to play for the Sting. Right? That's different. That's not different the same. guy. Different guy. Yeah. Not, he's not Connor Roy. <laughs> or any. Just goes any to show you though that. <laughs> Love is a beautiful thing because the probably the only two gay lion tamers in the world were able to find each other and partner with each other. <laughs> if those if those two gay white lion tamers can't make it, what chance do the rest of us have? If I've said it once, I've said it once. Um, so as always, if you found this podcast, you are at the Pointless Exercise podcast, and there is a accompanying newsletter, uh, pointlessexercise.com. We're in the we're in the last days of a twenty percent off sale uh, to uh, I guess helps I don't know solve salve can't say the word the wounds of the uh, of the Cubs collapse. Mm. I mean, now here we are in the second week of the playoffs. They'd have been long gone anyway, so I don't know why we're still feeling bad about it. Yeah. Uh, that's there. Um, At best, they'd be looking how the Orioles are tonight. Yeah. yeah, so I was before we came out, I was telling you guys I have a new theory, and it's um, the Orioles, although they did score eight runs the other night, but they managed to give up 11 first before they started scoring their eight runs. Um, when the Cubs won the World Series, I don't know if you guys remember that that happened in 2016. Their bench coach, Dave Martinez, went off to coach the Washington Nationals, and Brandon Hyde took over as the bench coach. And the Cubs' offense went to shit. And now he's in Baltimore, and he's in the playoffs. And So it's been a long time for Brandon Hyde um, to, um, to manage or coach a team in the playoffs with a functional offense. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's him. Hmm. Now the Could one be. flaw in that, just one flaw, is that the Cubs went back to the playoffs once without him and scored one run in two games. Yeah. So maybe it's not him. Probably not him, I'm going to guess. 
Um, anyway, so uh, Mike Pusteri, uh, what what are you, what are you up to these days? Uh, we're, today was uh, we were striking at Paramount. Paramount, nice. <laughs> and, and it was Sweet Home Chicago theme day at Paramount. And oh. you you oh, yes, it was very nice. fun. Plus some Chicago people. You will not believe how many people came up and told me how how big a fans they are of the podcast. Did you? Yeah, I won't believe. <laughs> you will not believe. <laughs> you will not believe the number. It is quite a number. Quite a number. I'll bet it's round. Quite a number. Is it a round number? It's that's it's round. Okay, it's good. Round. All right. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's a round number. Leave it at that. That's right. <laughs> and Praz, what are you what are you up to? Uh, for now, just this podcast. Um, what else? Do you I, need? yeah. What else do you need, really? Um, you know, I, I had been podcasting on the Cubs during the season. We will probably do some type of season wrap up after the World Series is over. Uh, but that podcast you can find on the Chicago Sports Bums YouTube page, Bums in the Bleachers, myself and John Oliva. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and uh, well, follow me on Twitter. At Prazmaster, follow the podcast Bums and Bleachers, and follow me on Blue Sky at Praz. Okay. And um, yeah, we put all of this contact uh, stuff on the post, so when you get all excited, you're like, "I gotta, I gotta hear more and read more from these guys." Just a few clicks away. Um, right. Yeah, you guys get ready to do an emergency pod when uh, when Cody Bellinger signs with the Giants. So that'll be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the. Just the sheer panic already over Bleacher Nation. Other teams might offer Cody contracts, so the uh, Cubs just can't afford to to, to to go up against anybody else. Apparently, it's like, shut up. And Lord knows a Scott Boris client will only be listening to one team's right. offer. First off, yeah. that sounds pretty good. I'd say we sign it. Do you think we should sign, yep. it? Right, sign it? What do you mean it's too early? We're not allowed yet. Well, we'll just hold. Just hang on to it. It's minute into free agency, Cody, just yeah. sign that thing and uh, yeah. and let's go. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> Yeah, Boris is like, not my first rodeo, Cody. I know what I'm doing here. We take so, one offer only. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, okay, so if I seem a little more professional in this podcast. You do to me. I, yeah, I have to it's say. because yeah. last night I went to a live podcast taping. Oh. Oh. So this seems like the greatest idea ever. So Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Oh, I saw. You were live at that. Yes. Okay. He did a podcast last night at House of Blues in Chicago that my wife insisted we get tickets to go see. So I paid money for this. Okay. And you didn't know who the guest was going to be. Uh, but his previous ones, he's, he's on this tour. He had, like, Andrew Weissman and somebody else on, and they talked about, um, you know, basically what it's like to try to prosecute, what they think it's going to be like to try to prosecute a former president, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, in future episodes, like next week, he's in Philadelphia, and Joy Reid and somebody else are going to be there with him. They're going to talk politics. The, the finale is in New York City with Rachel Maddow. Here's what we got last night: we got Chris Hayes. <laughs> we pulled a panel together to talk about the 50th anniversary of hip hop. <laughs> That's right in his wheelhouse. <laughs> there's no better guy you want than Chris Hayes <laughs> talking about the 50th anniversary of hip hop. It was fine, you know. He had, these guests were good. And that's the key. Yep. He's he's a fairly he get, he starts talking a little too much, and it's like okay, and um, you know, buddy, I don't. Nobody here cares what you think about this. Just let the experts talk. Right. Um, my favorite part of it was it was not this. It wasn't a high tech operation. At one point, it looked like it was going to be, like you know, we're from where we were. Oh, how about this? Paid money, 
from our standing room only spot. <laughs> wow. So all of general admission was standing room only. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. If I had known that, I would have just dropped her off. Right. <laughs> I drank a $15 beer at the House of Blues, and I watched you know, some nerdy suburban guy from the Bronx who grew up a Cubs fan uh, talk about hip-hop for yeah 90 minutes, I think. Okay. Okay. But anyway, from where I was standing in the back, you could see there was a big screen behind him and the panelists, and then there were screens on each side. And just as it started, you could see like the um, Windows menu pop up at the bottom. So I'm like, oh, there's going to be some kind of multimedia. I'm like, this is really kind of hack that we're going to see the guy do some clicking. But, you know, right. it's going to be something. That's not what it was. It starts. Chris is up there. He talked for a few minutes. Then he brought the first two panelists out. And then the screen behind turned to the screensaver of this guy's laptop that was plugged into the board. <laughs> and it got kind of, or you could hear this kind of low laugh. You know, people are like, ha, 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 ha. Right. And it was, you could see the clock and like, you know, whatever. Oh, and then God. a few minutes later, it turned to his lock screen. And that's oh, when I took a picture of that. The guy was like, it was like Neil Gustafson or something. And I tweeted out, does anybody know Neil's password? Because he can't get back in the laptop. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, I paid for that. That's, yeah, well, and what, what, what lessons did, did you learn don't, from that? Don't pay to this go to a podcast. Oh. No, what I learned was we could easily... We should, I sh- we should have a weekly spot at the House of Blues doing the podcast because it's far more entertaining than the one yes. I paid to go to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to work wow. on that. Good thing I left, the laptop him, I left to... him my card on the way out. You know, okay. uh, yeah. Who's in charge here? And they said Elwood and Jake Blues. And so I found them yeah. and, and I gave Good. them my card. And um, I would think next, probably next week we'll be doing this live from the, from the House of Blues. Is there a House I, of Blues I, in I, L.A.? Uh, I don't believe there oh, is. I was thinking you could do it remotely from there. Yeah, right. Well, there's studios out here. We can hook me up. Oh, I just think it no, would, it's a good corporate fine. synergy. You could yes, have a crowd right. watching you at the House of Blues in L.A., and then a crowd watching us, and then we're just connected virtually. There we go. I tell you what. We like could sell, could sell twice the tickets that way. I'll tell you one thing. That that laptop that you mentioned that was hooked up, good thing it wasn't Jeffrey Tubitz. That's all I'm going to say. You didn't <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeffrey, can you take your laptop down? All right. Um, so people don't – basically, I told you guys after the pod last week, like, I, if yeah. the Bears are just going to keep losing like this, I don't think we can do a weekly podcast. What we could do is complain about it. So it's like, all right, we're just – we'll do a podcast on Tuesday if either the Bears win, ha, 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 or Matt Eberflus gets fired. And holy shit, we're doing a podcast – here we are. Because the more After unlikely of the two happened. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. it did. Not only did they win, they, exactly. I mean, there was a brief moment. I had a, I had the itch to go to the DraftKings app and hedge my bet, and I held, I, I managed to hold that ed, that off. Okay. okay. But they won 40 to 20. They scored every yeah, time they, they had the ball in the first half. These beat the shit out of the Washington Commanders, who are not a great like team. Was... But that was a team who no. had just taken the Eagles to overtime. Yeah. That's so I think we know that's probably the 0-4 start with probably the only four games the Bears are going to lose this year. <laughs> that's I'm um, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, they, they look like uh, they advertise like this. They look competent in all phases of the game. It was fun to watch. It was insane. I, it, it's, it was, it was, 
it was just so bears to me though that you know they got the big lead and all they had to and they were running the ball and all they had to do was run the ball and you yeah. knew they were going to win the game and every running back got hurt and two of them got hurt and back to back plays yeah yeah Khalil Herbert tough. went down with that awkward pass that Fields tried to throw him and he I looked like I'm just glad all he did was like he severely sprained his ankle but that's a lot better than what I thought happened because it yeah. looked like his leg looked like it should have been sticking out under a house in Oz I mean it was and um, <laughs> But so he leaves, and then the Bears punted on the next play, and Travis Homer got hurt on the punt. He, You could see it. They captured it perfectly on Amazon. At least I was watching the – I don't know if you guys did this. I watched the next-gen broadcast where you get the longer view of the field and yeah. the little video game dots on everybody so you can see where everybody is. And I looked up, and there was Homer. He was on the commander's sidelines after the punt, limping. And I'm like, you you got to be kidding me. They're literally going to be out of running backs now. Great. But they weren't out of running backs. No. Because they yeah. had the great five, Kari Blasingame. Yes. I thought this, I had to look this stat up. I thought Al was, I'm like, yeah, who am I to doubt Al Michaels? Al goes, in his fifth year in the NFL, Kari Blasingame has three carries. And I'm like, oh, come on. He actually played for the Titans. I mean, and he had, he was not wrong. Wow. He had carried yeah. the ball three times in his NFL career. Now, he caught passes, he caught screen passes and stuff, but he only had three actual rushes. He had eight on Thursday night, and acquitted himself was, okay. I, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was Roland Harper coming in there for. I time. was going to say he did he did the great Roland Harper proud. He did. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he was somewhere between. Now, see, I left a, I left an immortal thirty-five out. I left Anthony Thomas out, and I got I got lectured Ooh. on Twitter mm. rightly. Right. Uh, the ironic thing about it is, from where I do the podcast, I can see. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this. Remember when McDonald's had, uh, you could get a, it was only Chicago Land McDonald's. You could get a Brian Urlacher bobblehead or you could get an Anthony Thomas bobblehead. So I got <laughs> multiples of both. Yes. Okay. And then the Anthony Thomas bobblehead, the, the Urlacher bobblehead's a good bobblehead. It looks like him. The Anthony Thomas one, uh, oh. let's just say. Didn't he use the right pigment? No, they used a lot of pigment, and they used um, a lot of, like, uh, purple in a spot. He looked like a lawn jockey. And mm. I remember looking oh at the God. first time going, I'm surprised this got approved. And all of a sudden, this this shows you just how uh, McDonald's PR team kicked in, and they made a judgment, right? They pulled the Anthony Thomas bobblehead, which I have yeah. two. And they, they had to weigh it. Like, okay, do we admit that it's racist? No. Let's say it has lead paint. That's literally the excuse they used. That you could bring your Anthony Thomas bobblehead back because it had lead paint on it. They would rather poison people. Wow. <laughs> uh, I kept I rolled the dice. I kept them. No, there you go. I keep them in where I keep the asbestos here. So I figure it's safe. <laughs> it should be fine. Yeah. Right next to your Crispo's Peridium closet. <laughs> <laughs> But so I felt bad that I forgot the Atrium. He was rookie of the year, right? Thousand yeah. yard rusher as a rookie for the great Dick Duran. So I felt bad because on that skate, on that like it's a, it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, spectrum. It's a spectrum of Roland Harper, Neil Anderson, and yeah. Anthony Thomas. Somewhere in there, they converge, and you get Carrie Blossom game. And. Uh, We'll take that. Yeah, he did. He did. We'll take that. He did a good time. job. Um, yeah. 
I, I the, <laughs> the guy I wanted to see was if I had if I was producing the Amazon game, I would have just kept shooting Dante Foreman standing on the sidelines in his sweatpants, going, "Are you? Am I finally going to get to dress now?" <laughs> I ran for a thousand yards last year for the Panthers, but everybody, you're so loaded at running back that I can't dress. <laughs> it should be like the emergency goalie. We talked about this, I think, with the with the third quarterback, right? They should have been able to dress him at halftime. Yeah, why not? Yep. Right. All right, bring your running back out of the stands. <laughs> get, <laughs> right. Have a pads. guy in the area. Dante can play now in the second half. You've, run, you've literally run out of running backs. But it does – the NFL, you know, they're, they're, you, you can tell they're just barely, like, paying lip service to player safety, right? Yeah. When before the game, you take – the rosters aren't that big anyway. 53 men. Right. You take seven able-bodied players, and you just can't use them. You can't dress them. Why? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Right. You pay them, but you can't play Their them. cap hits jump just the same, yeah. So, you know, you've had that. The Bears would have had a running back. Dante would have come out. And, um, they. I don't know if you guys saw this. For next week, for this first Sunday, look out, Vikings. Darrington Evans is back. If you remember oh Darrington my. from last oh, year. Oh, yes. They got to sign him off, I think, the Titans practice squad. Dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins practice squad. Well, they should have just put him in the Chase Claypool trade. Yeah, maybe the Dolphins. Well. Here's the Dolphins are like, no, 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 no. We're not trading Darrington Evans for Chase Claypool. No. <laughs> but then later they're like, oh, you just want to take him? Yeah, that's fine. You can have it. Yeah, the Dolphins. I got it right. I guess it was the Dolphins. Um, yeah, so they don't know. Like, Rashawn Johnson had a concussion, so they don't know if he'll get cleared. Homer's got a hammy. I guess they don't know if he'll play. Um, they know Herbert's out. So it could very well be Dante and uh, Darrington are your running backs next week against the Vikings. So, but I don't think the Vikings are going – I don't think their fans or the team is going to be all that sympathetic considering Justin Jefferson will not be playing for the Vikings because he's on injury right. reserve yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So that just shows Flus's plan is starting to fall together. It's all working. Playing possum those first four <laughs> games. Got to win. <laughs> now you're going to play the Vikings without their best player. Yep. Got him right where we want him. Great. And you got the Raiders. All right, so I got interested in this. Remember, um, I'm going to give you, as if you guys care, you have to humor me. I'm the host. Um, <laughs> I'm going to update a couple of my uh, Taco Bell uh, hot takes from the preseason. See how we're doing. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Three okay. of them in particular. Right. One of them, still not going so hot. However, <laughs> okay. the Bears had a sack fest. Yeah. Three. Three sacks. They now have seven. Five games, they have seven sacks. They're yeah. on pace. I said they'd get 40. They're on pace now right. for 23.8. <laughs> okay. So probably not going to okay. do that. All right. You know, Making progress. Trending in the right direction. Trending in the right direction. Uh, they did get a couple of uh, – they got a couple – One or how many turnovers did they get? One? Oh, they got the fumble recovery. They had two, two turnovers in this game. Gives them uh, – and now gives them four for the season. On pace for 13.6 turnovers. Uh, I believe they have to get to 28 for me. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. But on a happier note, I made my my spiciest prediction. Oh, no, my spiciest one was Cairo would not miss a kick, and he hasn't. Second spiciest, runner-up to spiciest, 
was DJ Moore will break the Bears' single-season records for catches, yards, and touchdowns. And a week ago, I actually made fun of it because it was so ridiculous. Oh, eight catches for 230 yards and three touchdowns changes Mm -hmm. some things. He's still he's not close yet to the Brandon Marshall 2012 pace for catches. He's he's on pace for 92 catches. Brandon had 118, so not going to get that one yet. However, he is now on pace for 1,805 receiving yards, which would obliterate Brandon Marshall's team record of 1,508. Let's go. And he's on pace for 17 touchdown catches. The record is 13 by Dick Gordon in 1970. And then my mildest take was that Justin Fields would throw would be the first bear to ever throw for 4,000 yards. He is now yeah. on pace for 3,886 passing Ooh. yards. Pretty good. Far off. However, okay. if if he continues on the pace he had for the last two weeks, now this includes, this is from now on, if he can maintain the pace he's been on the last two weeks, from now to the end of the season, he will throw for 4,800 and 45 yards. Mm, okay. I may have been too well, low. He might be the first. The, the Bears might go from never having a 4,000-yard passer to having a 5,000-yard passer. Let's see, they that? just skip right <laughs> over the 4,000. So okay. All right. So ne- in the next two weeks, you should do prazes in mind, then. We'll see where we're right after. Yes, uh, I got them up right here if you want. All right. Well, let's. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll say this. The, the one that I said for my mildest take that's looking the most like way up in the air now. I said that the Bears Stadium mystery would be solved sometime within this calendar year. It doesn't uh, look like they're making any uh, progress on that. Well, but you know what's going to happen, right? There's just going to be an announcement one day. That's it's, true. It's not going to like. It's still going to be Arlington Heights. They bought the fucking yeah. land. They're not going to not build the stadium on the land. They're they're trying to you know use whatever leverage they still have over Arlington Heights to try to get some stuff. But they're going to do it. They didn't buy it to build, like, you know, a, you know, a strip mall on it. They went about mm-hmm. it to build a football field, a football stadium on it. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't, uh, yeah, your time could be off, but, you know, someday in the next 40 years, we're going to walk into, you know, retractable toilet field at Sloan. Sloan Field. Sloan Park <laughs> in Arlington Heights and watch the beloved Bears. I, I will say I am happy to report that, and we don't have to go through all of these with me. No, I sprung this on you guys unaware, so you can. Yeah, that my medium take of the NFC South being so poor that the Panthers would finish top two in the division. I guess I was being right about the NFC South being so poor, yeah. but the Panthers are included in that, and you know they, they are losing very well on the Bears' behalf right now. I was I was way off too. I thought that they. Um... I think they should be kind of good. I'm glad they're not. For sure. You know, Owen, yeah. Owen 17 would be fine with me. Sure. Um, but yeah, they're bad. They're the only team the Vikings have beaten. So, soon to be one of only two teams the Bears will beat. So here's how, as I was watching the game, like, oh, if they had just hung on to that Broncos thing, they'd be two and three. They'd, yeah. they'd be in second place in the division. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, it doesn't matter. They're gonna, you know, they're still, you know, what's what's the ceiling for this team? Five wins. Uh, the ceiling, yeah, probably. So five, six wins, more than likely. 
But I, I've been thinking about this way too much. Um, I think, let's say they win five games. Okay. You know, they obviously won't. They they won't have one of the top two picks in the draft. Their own pick won't be one of the top two picks in the right. draft. Right. So hmm. Justin, you know, I would guess now that the now that Luke Getzey has you know figured it out. <laughs> We're going right. to lose Luke Getzey, guys. That's the worst uh, part. I know. We're going to lose Luke Getzey. He's going to get a head coaching yeah. job. Probably yeah. the Patriots. Um, if, Fields has, if Fields plays well the rest of the year and they win five games, uh, I think we're going to get year three of the Flues. And. A lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. Yeah. A lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. But how about this? If the Panthers lose all their games. Yeah. I think we get year three of the flus, and I think we don't get year four of Justin Fields. Well, if that happens, if that happens, if you can't, you can't uh, bring polls back then either, because you can't do to, you can't do to the whoever the next Bears GM is, you can't do to that guy what was done no. to polls. Which was- no, no, no. What I'm saying is the Bears, the Bears play well enough; they don't have the. The number one pick is not the Bears pick. It's the Panthers pick. So yeah. It's not like the Bears flopped. So they didn't go 0-17. You're certainly not firing polls. Now, you right. what you should do is You're you should saying- do the thing you didn't do when they drafted Fields and you didn't fire Nagy right away. You can make the case that you draft Caleb Williams and then you go, you find a you, – you hire a new head coach. But you're not firing right. Ryan Poles. No, I, I, no, I'm saying if you, if you if you're not committed to Fields, if you let Fields go – you have to you have to fire polls and flus because you can't do it to the next guy what you did to polls, no. which was unfair. You no, can't go you can't go. No, no here, let me finish my point. My point is you can't do to the new guy what they did to polls, which is like, hey, the previous guy drafted your franchise quarterback for him. Okay. You live with it. So your logic that, is Ryan Poles pulled off a good trade last year where he got next year's he got a number one from the Panthers, and because that ended up being the number one pick, and the best player in that draft is a quarterback who is who is most likely already better than the one you have that you fire him because he pulled that off. That's your no, argument. I, no. Well, the argument is if you don't think that polls is, is looking at his body of work, has he made up? Has he's he had the job for two years? Agents? Yeah, but judging by what he's done, the guys he's brought in, the, the mess that the, that the offensive and defensive lines are, you can't argue he's doing a good job. So it seems to me like he's very much, on the hot seat, I'm saying you can't draft another quarterback and then fire GM the next year. You just no. can't do that. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I just think you can do. You can't do that. Mm. No, I mean, I think I, it's a case by case basis for me. I, I think you, you, if you if you draft Caleb Williams or Sam Hartman or whoever with the number one pick, well, no, I wouldn't draft that's number one pick. Eh, probably it's, not. I'm just going by who was highly touted. Well, Go ahead, Andy. So according to I like to listen to the to Dane Brugler and Nate Tice's prospects to pros podcast. And the case they make, they talk about Fields a lot because Tice is interested in Fields development with the Bears. And he said yeah. if he said it's last year this obviously wasn't a discussion for a reason. Fields was better than every quarterback in that draft last year. So you weren't gonna you weren't gonna upgrade if you got Bryce Young. Although honestly, CJ Stroud is pretty good. Yeah. Um Stroud does look good. It, there was no case to be made for that. He said, 
he's it was Tice, I think, but Brugler agreed with him, who said, if you put current Justin Fields, not Justin Fields when the Bears drafted him, current Justin Fields in a draft with um, Caleb Williams and Drake May, mm-hmm. Fields would go third. Okay. So you would you you would pick Caleb, and then you would see. Here's the other reason why I don't. Boy, I wouldn't fire polls. Fields should have a pretty decent year from now on. He will have trade value. So you will get something for him. You're not releasing him off into the sunset. You're trading a start. You're trading somebody a starting quarterback. On top of all this other stuff. Now, what I think is more likely to happen is that the Panthers win a few games. I don't. Th- I still don't think they're this bad. And the Bears end up with two top ten picks that they can then use to continue to build pieces around the guy that they have. But why mm-hmm. I was thinking that if the Panthers really bottom out, it's bi- and Justin likes it in Chicago, which I don't know why he would. It's bad news for him because the, the the it's very difficult to make the case that you wouldn't draft Caleb Williams and put him in with the guys you've started. You know, he gets to be. It's like, hey, look, here's DJ Moore. You're going to learn to like him. Justin sure did. Right, 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 right. Well, okay, but let me ask you this: If the if they, by the end of the season the Bears have won four games, and there nobody's convinced that Field is your quarterback. You're telling me you would retain polls and Palouse at that point? No, you can't. I don't see why. Can't. I can't imagine Ryan Poles going to get fired after two years. You basically – the plan last year was to get as bad as you could and try to rebuild. And so he did. So you and would, you're going to say in year two, oh, we didn't know you were going to be bad. It's like, well, yeah, we've built, we've been rebuilding for one season. Yeah, so I you're can't gonna imagine do, he's going to get fired. So you're going to do to the new general manager what they did to polls, which was the biggest mistake. Which There's is, a huge the difference. Other guy, how, what year was Ryan Pace? How many times had he, how many cracks at it had he had? He was on his second coach, even though he really didn't hire the first coach. He had traded away all these, he traded away draft picks. He chased, you know, he kept trading up. There was, they had a bad roster and they didn't have any draft picks and they fired him. It wouldn't be the same thing with Poles, who if the Bears if still, have, still have the most cap room in the NFL. He's, he's, they've got more draft picks than they had. He's doing the job. And so you're just going to say, well, no, we, we only won four games last year in a year where we were still rebuilding, and now you're fired. If, if they have four wins, everybody's going to look at this team and say, this team is a disaster from top to bottom. You can't retain polls if they end up with four wins. Now, if they end up with seven wins, eight wins, different story. Well, that's not how – I just can't imagine that's how it works. You might, I, I don't know if you would get fired go, in that case, but polls wouldn't get fired. I don't know if you can make that case because you're at a point where Ryan Poles – you know, he's only two years into it, as Andy said. He hasn't drafted his own quarterback yet. If he's not set on Justin Fields being the guy after this year, I have to imagine they'll still give him a chance to develop his own quarterback. And the thing is, you know, you wind up with a number one pick and you're not set on Justin Fields going forward, you're going to draft Caleb Williams. That'll be true for any GM that you have in place, regardless of whether it's Ryan Bowles or not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's there's, there's there's no way then you then if you're doing that you might as well give polls a five year extension and there's no way you're going to want to do that because you're going to end up doing to the next guy what you did to polls you're going to say the former GM drafted your franchise quarterback now you make it work the new guy's going to and and if so you better be convinced polls is that guy and if you've won four games this year there's no way you're convinced polls is that guy that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying I I don't know if a four win season is enough to convince me that polls isn't the guy though. Good luck hiring a general manager if you fire the other guy after two years. 
when you basically told him he had carte blanche to literally tear the roster to the studs. And then he said, oh, we don't like the way it went in the first year you rebuilt, so you're out. You think the people think the Bears are dysfunctional now? Do that, and then see what, what you end up hiring. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. If you don't think he's, if he, if if you're not convinced he's the guy long term, there, there's no benefit in keeping him for another for a third year right, and a but fourth. You, year. in this case, you are the guy who is convinced he's not the guy long term. Not the not the Bears. Well, right, but but if they've won four games, do you think the Bears are going to be convinced he's the right guy? So the win loss record in this season is is what you're going to use to judge whether or not the rebuild is working. I'm using uh, no right. I'm using the offensive line he's put together, the free agency he's brought in, the the Chase Claypool m- maneuver. There's all kinds of stuff you can look at polls and say this. These are terrible moves. There's all kinds of stuff he's already given you. And if you add onto that a four-win season, if that's what they end up with, there's plenty of evidence to say he's not the right guy and Fluce isn't the right guy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I get, I, it. I get it. I I just can't imagine there's any way that would actually happen. Well, it may, perhaps, because of the Bears being the Bears. But I don't even think this is a case of the, of the Bears being the Bears. This is any team being any team, right? I mean – this is not yeah. a team completely devoid of talent. This is a team that has, you know, they have a better roster than they had last year, which would be hard to have been worse than last year. But it, it all goes back to this, the expectation that all in one offseason, you all of a sudden could could fix every hole you had in this roster. Um, you know, well, but what kind of, what kind of progress are you seeing though? You're not, you're not so far. You're not seeing much, you know, Yeah, I. No, that's true. I mean, I I will give you that. They, but at the same time, it's, I. I just don't. I. You can't pull the plug on a guy after, after two years. I, I, what is there any sort of precedent for like firing a guy after two years of bad as, it seems like the Bears, you know, this season and last season would be like, was. Was the Cleveland GM fired after they went a combined, you know, one game in two years? It's possible. They kept they kept going through GMs. Um, so I mean that, and that's that would that would be a reason not to do it then to look at the and, and obviously it's, it's a little bit of a different rounds, right? And it's a little bit of a different scenario between here and there because you know here you at least entered year two thinking you had your franchise quarterback. I don't think there was, that was yeah. ever really. And I guess I was trying to lay out the case in, in that in my scenario, it's not like Justin. If this is only if you end up with the number one pick, right, and you can get Caleb Williams, I'm not well, saying Justin's going to be terrible. Yeah. If if Justin makes progress and you can get Caleb Williams, chances are you're still going to trade Justin, right? Unless he, unless he all of a sudden is t- cranking out games like he did against Washington, over and over again, and you're like, holy shit, he's just really good. Yeah, well, I, I mean, a I mean, lot you, of this. You, two things can be true. You can you can say he's made improvement, and all. But for you, it's like okay, well, there's a chance to get a generational quarterback, and we don't think we don't think Justin is. We could trade him now, and we can get you know somebody's going to want him, and you get both things. That's that's what this whole that's what my whole maybe I did a poor job of explaining it. In in this scenario, it's not that Justin necessarily it turned out to be oh my god he can't play. This is you. He plays well enough that you're nowhere near the number one pick. You know, you've got four, mm-hmm. five, six yeah. wins. But 
this extra pick that you got, you know, this extra pick, but the, the thing you used last year to get the number one pick has cashed in and you have the, you're sitting here with the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, and so in your thing, you're like, okay, well then just I, I don't take, don't take Caleb and then Poles keeps his job. But if you take, but if you're going to take Caleb and you got to fire Poles. I think, I think two things. I think this is dependent on how Fields performs. And if we come to the end of the year, we're like, you know, and I still believe in Justin Fields. I think we could, I think we could still look at the, look at him and say, yeah, this is our guy. So if, if he's our guy, then you, even though Caleb Williams is available, I don't know that you want to draft a rookie and start again. You might say, no, we're going to roll with Fields. We're comfortable with him. That's cool. Um, but what my, my, my point in leading to you have to fire polls is simply this. I, the Bears, to me, they, they wronged Ryan Poles in the, when they hired him in the sense that they, they drafted, paid, the former GM drafted the quarterback of the future and said to the new GM, here's your quarterback of the future. You work it out. Well, I don't think that's fair, and I don't think you could do that to the next GM is, what are, is where I'm going with that, whoever that is. I don't think you could say to him, uh, you know, hey, we, dra- we drafted Caleb Williams, and then a year later fire him, and, and here's another GM that's going to come in, and now, he, now he's got yeah. Caleb Williams that he may or may not want. No, I get it, but I think I think the, the idea would be I, it all depends on just what, like, what tier of prospect people think Caleb Williams is. Because right. they, the draft evaluators, and we know from being Cub fans that, you know, prospect perverts can get everything Perfect. wrong. They have him on basically like a, he's a he's like the next Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning. I mean, this is a guy that yeah. is going to be a star. And so there are a lot of teams with good quarterbacks who would shove that guy out the door to get this guy. Sure. And um, hopefully the Bears won't be in that case. They'll look at it and be like, look, we've got this guy. He's, we know yeah, right. Play. And we can yeah. trade, and then then you find yourself in the spot where the second year in a row you're trading the number one pick, that's and now bad. it's that's, worth a lot. No. It's, you got that's, a lot for Bryce. Yeah. Young. It's worth a it's lot more great. than what it was for Bryce Young. But sure. at the same time, if you look at Fields and go, he's turned into a good quarterback, but this is he's no, he's not this. Yeah, I mean, because what you do, you you accumulate all these assets to try to get great players. Where there's no more great player than there's no more valuable great player than a quarterback. Sure, and yeah. especially I mean, now correct. you would you'd have the added advantage of you know DJ Moore and the other guys that you know that yeah. you incrementally yeah. improve at the other spots, and now you put you put a yeah you, know, you have a rookie contract at quarterback again. You basically open that window for five years to go after other people. Right, so, and and I mean I've watched Caleb Williams a fair amount, being just being out here, and I watched an entire Arizona USC game. He's a great player, no doubt. But every time I'm watching him, I'm thinking, okay, stack him up against Fields. Fields is, is bigger. He's he's taller. He's stronger. He's faster. Caleb Williams can do some great things, but Justin Fields has a lot of advantages over. To me, it's not a slam dunk. Now I'm no draft evaluator, of course. But but what, I mean, right. what the draft, what the what the guys like Brugler will tell you that the difference between is the biggest frustration we have with Fields is Caleb will just he will see it and he will throw it to a spot and the receiver will get to that spot where fields is I, still throwing it to the guy. And, and I, and I will just tell you a couple of times during that Arizona game, there was the, the announcer was like, you know, Caleb held onto the ball too long there. And I'm thinking, oh, where have I heard this? So again, I'm not, a dra- I'm, we're not here to be drafted, no, but, but there, there, he's a great player. No question about it. Um, 
And, you know, we'll, we'll certainly know by the end of the year if the Bears believe that Fields is their guy. Let's hope that he is. Let's hope right. they do. And I mean, let's we're, hope he we're, is. we're talking about him now coming off. A great performance. Two, basically. I mean, yeah, he Probably made, the, he made the kind of frustrating of mistakes yeah. in the fourth quarter of the Bronco game. It, you know, he had the, the, fumble, the, the fumble, which is is more his fault than I think some than people think it is. Just because on that play, the quarterback knows that – you're likely to get if you get hit. You're likely to get hit from behind, so you have to secure the ball. And he didn't do it. Right. The intentional grounding was, I think, worse than the interception was. Um, yeah. Just the idea, like, you know, at some point you're going to learn how to throw the ball away, right? Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, and those are three big things. That's what it was. It ended up being the difference in the game. He had played a great game, and he had made the kinds of he had made the kinds of plays more consistently that we only yeah. saw like flashes of, where you'd be like, oh, look at that. He basically had three quarters of that. I mean, some of the throws were just great. And some oh. of the starts to run, and you could tell it was one of the touchdown passes, I guess it was to Komet, where you could tell that he ran just to get the linebacker to come at him. It wasn't one of these, I'm going to mm-hmm. oh, look. He basically looked at the guy and said, you're going to come get me, and then I'm going to throw an easy touchdown pass. And then the things he did in Washington, which has a better defense, was um, some of the throws were perfect. They were exactly where they had to be. And um, they were, I forget who it was. One of them was talking about the most noticeable thing between the last two weeks is his footwork has sped up. Mm-hmm. You know, cause that was like, that some of the guys were like shaking their heads. Like, well, you, you, what is going on? You know, how can you be the super athlete? You know, you'd want to get to your spot and get set. And then you could take off if you're just going to drift into everything. And he's not, he's right. not doing it. He's, he's getting to the back foot and he's throwing the ball. Um, and so some of it, I think, is a product of you've played two defenses that aren't great, but still, you still have to make all the plays. And he did. Yeah, and he did. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a great it's been a great run, and he's got a chance to do it again because the Vikings defense is um, well better than these other two. It's still not. There's plays to be made. Yeah. Um, and it starts to build on it, and then it's like anything else. You know, there's the more confidence and. Good right. plays beget more good plays, um, and then we get to the. I do think that it looks like, for the second straight year, <laughs> the Bears had to treat the first few weeks of the season like preseason. Preseason, yeah. They get to week four, and now they figured out like, okay, scrap this shit. This is the stuff that works. And I know every team does that a little bit. You know, there are things you put in, and then because you, there's a lot of things in preseason that you can't really tell. People don't give you the same kind of coverage. Yeah. No. But it just seems like it's been so extreme the last two years. Like, that nothing so, will work so. for a month, and then all of a sudden you've got plays that work. It's like, yeah. what was the what was the difference? Are we going to punt yeah, the how first that, how did that happen? every season? Right. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, and I, I'm also – I'm impressed by uh, <laughs> the Bears defense, which just seems to have a different defensive back carted off the field like every other series. Amazing. And you're like, who? I didn't even know who this guy was. And he, who is he on the injury? Are we sure he plays for us? Right. Haul another one off. At least now they're to the point where it's like they're to the fungible defensive back portion of the season <laughs> where everybody over there is just as good as the guys on the field. So now it really doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. It's just, right. you know, when you're, when you're really worried that, oh, my God, I hope Greg Stroman doesn't get hurt. You're probably to the party. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter no. at this point. No. Yeah. No. I mean, 
Jameson Tyon's little brother could come out and play. I mean, apparently we have Marcus Stroman's brother playing. Ty- well, Tyon's probably a tackle. He's way too big to play defensive back. Um, I was I was gratified that we made fun of Riverboat Ron, and then he Riverboat Ron again when he kicked a field goal for no apparent reason. Crazy. Um, it was it was even worse than I thought. Watching the game for some reason. I somehow lost. I didn't realize they were on. I knew they were like easily in field goal. I didn't know they were on the 18 yard line. Fourth and one at the 18. <laughs> Let's kick the field goal down by 16 points. Like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is it with NFL coaches and field goals? There's something weird going on with them. Yeah. Now, the, don't win games with field goals. So I got yeah. somebody on Twitter asked me why I thought he would have done it, and I, I think maybe this really was the answer. I think that the the, the Commanders had started to move the ball, and I really think he thought, we'll kick it here. We're still going to score two touchdowns. Now we're not banking everything on getting both two-point conversions. But okay. then you think back to it. Like, yeah, but case, when are yeah. you going to get fourth and a foot and a half? Yeah, if this was exactly. fourth and five, it makes perfect sense to kick the field goal. Right? Right. You're not in a do-or-die you have to go for it. But when it's fourth and whatever against the Bears. Yeah. It's I mean, a very makeable. Yeah. you got to go for it there. Yeah. I I'm also gratified that the Bears finally, after how many weeks and a year, now have the Eagles uh, goal line, you know, the short yardage play, the brotherly yes. shove. I don't know what the push, what the, push. the catchy nickname push, push. for the Bears is supposed to be. Right. Uh, and one thing I did enjoy, though, was because the way you run it, is it, the Eagles get caught in this once in a while, too. You typically run it immediately. Like, you get a fourth and one, you just line up and you run it. You're not subbing guys in. So right. sometimes, because you take, like, the wide receivers come back and they help with the pushing at the back. And I'm, I think the first one they ran, Darnell Mooney was the one pushing Justin Fields. And I know what happens to the Eagles once in a while, where Devontae Smith is the one put here. He was 140 pounds, and he's trying to push. Yeah, right. But it's like, okay, guys, I think there's there, there's got to be some kind of way you can reconfigure that. So yeah. that the smallest guy yeah. on the field is not the one trying to push the 235-pound quarterback forward. <laughs> right. yeah, we're not going to make this work with Scrappy-Doo out there saying, let me at him. And I think they made the adjustment because I think one of the last ones, Komet lined up behind him and shoved him, which makes I think far more right. sense. There we go. Makes Although a lot more sense. Komet yeah. was probably – I'm surprised that at yeah. the snap, Komet didn't try to, like, shove Justin out of the way and, like, steal the snap. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I got this. <laughs> Mark snap, it's going to me. <laughs> oh, I didn't look. I um did Cole commit extent he caught a lot of passes. He you know, he was he was tied. Oh you know, did he catch oh, his five? uh five catch three, crazy. Oh, I don't know. I think he I think he did. Oh my let's god. Let's find out. Let's let's find out live. Well, DJ Moore was the only wide receiver on the Bears to make any catches yeah, whatsoever. Only, th- yeah, only three only three players caught the ball. <laughs> Right. It does help when DJ catches everything. That's true. Uh, wait a minute. This can't be right. According to this, Cole Komet against Kansas City only caught two passes. Uh oh. Then he caught seven against the Broncos. Then he caught five. Against so apparently, what was that? Tom Rinaldi, whoever it was, was forecasting because this would <laughs> now he has two games with five and three touchdowns in two weeks, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, I'm confused. I guess we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll have to hold off on the Cole Komet Hall of Fame talk for for a week. For a week, we can get we can get back to it in a week. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I was thinking about the fact that for for most of our lives, the Bears had a bad offense. The good teams had a bad offense and a good defense, which is the yep, yep. which is the most boring way to have a good team. It's the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, oh yeah. boy, another thirteen to ten win. Woo. Yep. You know now they're they're on the opposite right now. Right? At least for the current, they have a good offense and a terrible defense, so everything is bombs away all the time. This is like the yeah. the Dan Fouts Chargers. It's just you know yeah. you got it's forty or bust. It's bizarre. Day. It's bizarro Bears. Air yeah. Coriel, and I'm sure that you know in week fourteen when it's twenty eight below and winds blowing forty miles an hour, it's just going to be great <laughs> that the Bears are like hey, still got to score forty points today, guys. Like, yeah, this <laughs> shit's not happening today. I, I, I can't tell you enough. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, so the Bears are uh the Bears are one and four, the Vikings are one and four, the Packers are two and three. All of a sudden. And the Lions are Suddenly running away, jo- running away with the division of four and one. Error. Yeah. Good team. Suddenly Jordan Love doesn't seem to be, you know, God's gift to football anymore. No, it does not. Yeah. It's almost like um after a couple of weeks, other NFL teams got tape. It's almost like something like that happened. And went, you know what? Let's try this. Oh, look, it works. <laughs> now, um, one thing that really hurts the Packer office, which I'm all for, is not having Aaron Jones, who is really the reason that they beat the Bears. Right? Yes, like, for sure. People Absolutely. forget the first yeah. half of that game, the, the frustration was the Bears should have been ahead. Yeah. And then Aaron, right. Jones took, Aaron Jones had done nothing, and then he took over in the third quarter, and then on the one long touchdown, he t- pulled his hamstring, he hasn't played since. Uh, but I'm fine with that. It's nice to take away one of Jordan's toys and watch him struggle. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, although you know, there, there's some universe where they bottom out and then they draft Caleb Williams. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all starts over. Please don't speak oh, that into it, Sandy. <laughs> it's like, what? oh my god. No. So no, that won't happen there. The Bears can make sure of that. The Bears can get make sure they get to three wins at least. <laughs> yeah, the Bears can do that. <laughs> uh, uh, but the big matchup with the Vikings is a noon Fox game. Okay. And uh, the Red Hot Bears have got, uh, got, got, got big-time announcers again. Okay. If by big-time announcers, <laughs> you like Brandon Gauden <laughs> and oh. the lead singer of The Cure, Robert Smith. <laughs> Who? Former Vikings uh, linebacker, right? Or running back. Running back. Running back. The yeah. one who um, – he retired early, right? Got yes. tired of getting hit. Basically, although it's funny, at the time, you know, all the macho guys were like, ooh, you know, whatever. And he, he, one of the things he retired for is like, look, you should only play football for X amount of years because yeah. it does horrible things to your body and your brain. And they're like, oh, what a wuss. Well, yeah, it turns out he's right. Yeah. yeah, he was right. Pretty he proactive a, on that. Pretty smart choice. Pretty smart choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so okay. So now the the Bears, uh, who were famously uh, 
underdogs against a team that had uh, allowed 70 points the week before they played. Mm-hmm. Here they are again, now red hot with winning one in a row, going up against a team without their best offensive player. So, so how many points do you think the Bears are favored by? <laughs> good one, good one. Uh, Is still uh, Vikings minus two and a half right now? Yep. Hmm. Which uh, is, um, you know, if the home field's worth three, (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't bode well uh, for the Bears. You know, there is uh, Kirk Cousins' trade talk now. He's in the final year of his deal. The Vikings are off to a bad start. His best receiver's out for at least a month. Uh, you know, you, uh-huh. you train to the Jets. You can't train to the Jets because Mike Greenberg said today that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back in week 13. He said that? They, I missed that. People oh, were like, is no. he kidding? <laughs> like, was he, who can tell? Uh, classic Greeny. One, one of the things I enjoy yeah. is um, there's a um, – oh, this is bad because I can't think of his name. Brent, is it Suter? It's kind of like – almost like an old Blackhawk. Uh, he's an athletic trainer, doctor, who... Um, or Brewer's reliever. Yes. Yeah, the one who, <laughs> the one who fell off the mound at one time. Um, he's kind of like David Chow, you know, the injury doc on Twitter, who will diagnose yeah. injuries in real time. Well, this guy, people were making a big deal out of the fact that um, Rodgers, when he showed up for the Taylor Swift game, um, was in a... Um, was He was on crutches already. And had like a normal shoe on, and they're like, "Look at this!" You know, he got Ooh. some kind of super special thing. And the, the guy's like, "No," he's like, "This is 2023." He yeah. goes, the, "Yeah." The, the people telling you that he should be in a cast. That was if he had Achilles surgery in 1986. Yeah, we, we like, made he's it not. He's right. not ever going to be farther ahead than anybody else. He's a 39 year old man who t- ruptured no. his Achilles, and they sewed it back on. Modern medicine has it so that he he's up and about now far better than he was. But this do not take this as a sign that no. yeah. his return is imminent. He's like he's still going to yeah. miss the whole season. That's what he right. said. Yeah, right. Well, he's regularly putting weight on that thing. Yeah, take no take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what are the what are the Jets doing though? I mean, they're they're they, Zach Wilson ain't the guy. They know that. They're kind of stuck right now, though, with them. I mean, yeah, there's in the NFL. When your starter goes down in season, you're basically screwed. Um, and it's like the the Peyton Manning Colts. At some point, they just stopped even trying to find a backup. They were like, you know, if Peyton gets hurt, our season's over. So we'll spend that money on players yeah. for Peyton. And that actually worked because the year he was, the year he couldn't play with the neck, they ended up bottoming out, and they drafted Andrew Luck. But yeah, there's not a whole lot you could, you could, they could have like signed a like an Andy Dalton type to be the backup, and they'd basically be this bad. Yeah, just a little more right. efficiently. Um, that said, they beat the Broncos, which the Bears didn't do. True. I like how they were. They're going to win one for Nathaniel Hackett. Because they have such yeah. a long history with him. They've known him since July. So they're like, let's go. Oh, come on, let's go. Right. Let's win one for yeah. Hack. Hacky. Um, all right, so let's uh, – the very, very valuable pick segment where I know uh, everyone immediately runs to their 
uh, bookies as, as soon as we pick the game. Yes. Uh, so I guess I'll go first. I made you guys go first uh, last week. So the Bears are getting two and a half. Um, I'm going to double check. This is home, right? Yeah, it's a home game. They've got two in a row, the Vikings mm-hmm. and the Raiders. But I was looking at it like, come on, Vegas. you got to make the Bears fair. They're giving you two and a half. They're, base, they're, just, they're just trying to give you money. At they're this begging point. you to take the Bears. Yes. So don't argue with it. Just take their money. And uh, so the over under the, the Bears over under is always somewhere between like forty four and forty six, no matter who they play. Yeah. They almost like covered it by themselves last week. Yeah, I feel like the last the last two years when we did this, every time we looked at the over under, it was right around forty five. Next every single game, it was never 40. in the thirties, never in the fifties, never changes. It was like forty two. It was forty two one week. I remember thinking, ooh, that's. Wow. Um, so I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Bears and I'm gonna take the over because I don't think either one of these defenses can be relied upon to keep the other team. I think I think you got to score 28 points to win this game. Yeah. I'm I'm there with you Andy. I'll go Bears and over to two and a half to like how often do you ever see a team just lose by two but not like cover two and a half but not just outright win it. How is a team with Cairo Santos going to lose by two points? Exactly. It's impossible. It's not not going to happen my friend. If you're down two with Cairo Santos, man, he's, does in not field, miss kicks. he's in field goal range when he gets off the bus. Yeah, and he's that's... taking he takes a bus to home games. Takes a CTA, <laughs> that's, bus. That's a CTA bus. Yeah, he's got a... uh, I had I the Bears have... starting three and two, and then having it all fall apart, start to fall apart against the Vikings. But it fell apart a lot sooner than I thought. So I'm going to join you guys and say the Bears are going to win and uh, take the. I'm, I'm going to go over as well. So we're all we're all in alignment this week. I had them one going one and four, so they're on. They're on my yeah, pace. They hey. didn't get there the way I thought. I thought they were going to beat the Bucks and then lose to the yep. Chiefs, Broncos, and Commanders, and then go on, go on a tear. Yeah. Now they started the tear a week early, <laughs> so I got to up it. I think I ended up with nine schedule. wins when I made those picks. Right, so now it's, like, it's ten or eleven, easy. You had, you had nine, yeah, that's right. You had nine, yeah, yeah. But they're so Vikings and Raiders. Uh, then they're going to go go out to see you in L.A. against the Chargers. Yep. And then the Saints. And then there's the then there's the big game against the Panthers. So uh, <laughs> if Flus, you know, he can bank a couple of wins here. He can take the he can take the heat off of himself in that Panthers game. He definitely looks safe until at least that second bye, like you were talking about last. What is that week eleven? Yeah, or the go- bye week? Uh, week 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 eleven? Yeah. What's well, the yeah the long week is after week ten, yeah. Okay. With the Panthers and then the the real buy the Bears have a late one. They don't have their buy until week thirteen, which is why I felt like if he gets to the buy, they're just going to be like, eh, who gives a shit? Just like, yeah, right. that he's safe at that point. Yeah, right. Unless the FBI really is raiding Hallis Hall at that point. <laughs> yeah. Then I think I think we'll have him and and the hits philosophy for. Um, I don't know if he saw the uh, the video the. The locker room video of him after the game. No, I didn't. It was um, it was typical coach stuff, but he's talking about he's he's giving out the game ball and uh, he's talking about the reason the Bears were able to you know come overcome early adversity and then the disappointment of of losing the late lead against the Broncos is because they're tight and he even made like a little you know we're tight we're together. Okay. And the guys are all cheering and they're all excited. Yeah. 
And uh, somebody on Twitter is like, they're not. They hate him. And it's like, okay, I don't, they don't, right? Like, they don't hate the flutes. It doesn't make no, him I don't good think... at his job, but right. he hasn't he hasn't lost the locker room, right? Like, they're, they're no, still fighting not for at him. All. It's like, no, yeah. it can happen, but it didn't happen yeah. yet. So this, you know. Um, right. Right. No, no, no doubt. No. I mean, hell, it just was just, what was it, a week ago they were talking about, like, they're going to be the going to be the next this year's Lions. They're going to be last year's Lions. <laughs> right. And here they go. They're, now they're on. They're they're ahead of Lions pace. The Lions were one. Here we go. Oh, they're unstoppable. Unstoppable. Unstoppable bear. What a year. What a year to be alive to watch the Bears put it all together finally. Well, it's certainly been an interesting season week by week. It it, it's, it's been something a little odd, a little different every week. I would rather that this Vikings game be a primetime game, though, just because of what it does to Kirk. Yes. Uh, this is the type of game that that, that little bastard will probably yeah. play well. This yet. is one of his, especially without his best receiver, and it's one of those. Yeah, exactly. He puts up ridiculous passing yards in games that you watch, and you like, he's not playing well, and they lose. Yeah. And he threw for 355, and it's like, What? Yeah, it's got that kind of feel to it. And and just think how much we would kill to have a quarterback like that on a regular basis that throws for 355 yards and loses. Yeah. Oh, maybe we have one. Um, yeah, maybe we have one. Maybe we have one. So, uh, last thing. I don't know if you guys saw this. This annoyed me. Um, there was this picture, this cutesy picture of, for one of the uh, wildcard games in Minnesota, Kirk and his wife and the two and his kids, family. they like snuck in as they were just sat in the stands with, you know, he had like the hat and sunglasses on as just like a regular family going to the play, which is nice. Except then he's going on about, well, you know, I th- uh, what a great thing for my kids first major league baseball game. Okay. And I was like, fuck you. You took him, th- you took him to a playoff game. Two kids that don't know whether a ball is stuffed or inflated. And you're, yeah. you guys are taking up four right. seats. It's like, get out of the way. This is the time when the real fans yeah. get to go. This, this is what spring training games are for, Kirk. That's when you take a kid who doesn't want, who's going to watch two innings and be bored and want to leave. Not the, not yeah, the right. playoffs. Or I don't okay. know. You had all summer That's in right. Minnesota. Yeah, you to live do that there. Too. I mean, we know, I know yeah. from the stupid documentary that you live there. You could have gone <laughs> to games and it got, it, got, it got warm there in like, well, it's Minnesota. In like July, it got like yeah. mild. <laughs> yeah, you could have gone mild. to a game then. No, no, no. You got to wait till October. And go, and then just happen in your secret visit, just happen to get a picture posed yeah. of everybody at the game. Eh, whatever. <laughs> what he's kind a, of question did T Mac ask him? <laughs> <laughs> did your dad used to take you to baseball games? <laughs> what did hey, he? He is, a, he is a Barrington native. He might have come to a couple Cub games as a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh, that's right. He's probably a Cub fan. God damn it. <laughs> oh well. All right. Well, nice job, guys. Spirited right, discussion, Literally. and then we, and then we eventually got to. Then we eventually got to. Uh, Very spirited. To uh, bask yes. in uh, the glow of a Bears win. We had our, our Taco Bell spicy, spicy podcast. I'm sure we'll. And I can't wait. We'll have an actual winning streak to talk about on next Tuesday. Oh, it's gonna be great. Two. Going for two, baby. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, folks. Thank you, Andy. Many of us have herpes.